When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network. The ensuing show will change, transform, and otherwise alter you. Good luck. Hey everyone, it's Pacific. And this week I'm excited to bring to you a hellishly good episode. We teamed up with Chris Damaris and Blaine Gibson from Rooster Teeth's hit podcast, Good Morning From Hell. Good Morning From Hell is a weekly improv show where Satan's little brother, Clayton, and his assistant, Chris, interview Hell's most infamous residents and chat about the ups and downs of infernal afterlife. In fact, I was fortunate enough to be interviewed on the show as Edgar Allan Poe, and you can listen to that episode right now. You can listen to my episode by searching for Good Morning From Hell wherever you listen to podcasts, or by visiting the link in our show notes. Of course, the fun doesn't end there. Stay tuned for a look at what happens when hell meets the foundation. And of course, stay tuned, Season 3 is coming this March. But without further ado, this week's episode... Warning, the Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure, contain, protect. Item number, SCP-3667. Object Class, Thomio. Special Containment Procedures. SCP-3667 is to be continually monitored by members of MTF Chai-5, Solomon Seals, with additional personnel requested from Site-574 as necessary. As of 14-1-2012, the Murney Mine has been outfitted with surface-to-air missile systems around its perimeter to eliminate potential SCP-3667-1 instances. Civilians are discouraged from entering the grounds on the pretext of unstable terrain and will be detained and amnestized if discovered trespassing. Any potential excursions into SCP-3667 must be approved by both the Site-574 Director, currently Dr. S, and the Regional Administrator. Description: SCP-3667 is a spatial anomaly located within a sinkhole at the bottom of the Peace Kimberlite Diamond Mine, commonly referred to as the Murney Mine, in Murnisaka Republic. Although ground-penetrating radar and magnetotelluric imaging techniques do not reveal any unusual structures below the mine or the town of Mirny, the sinkhole contains a Lipnitz-class spatial anomaly, approximately 5 kilometers at its widest point and 6 kilometers at its highest point, consisting of subterranean network of caves and passages which contain a variety of stone structures and complexes, usually crudely built. To date, 24 unique species classified as SCP-3667-1A through 1X Certain species are sapient, and the vast majority are anomalous. 
All species display hostility to humans, especially those of Russian descent. Approximately 12,000 anomalous beings, classified collectively as SCP-3667-2, most suffering from varying degrees of psychological stress. A variety of machinery, mostly wooden, designed to imprison and or torture humans or humanoid figures classified as SCP-3667-3. Discovery. The sinkhole containing the entrance to SCP-3667 was formed on 17-12-2010, when workers at the Murney Mine performed a routine drilling operation. When the drill unexpectedly encountered the spatial anomaly and penetrated the cavern system of SCP-3667, the resulting cave-in killed at least one worker and injured several others. Initial exploration of the cave system by the workers identified some of the aforementioned stone structures and possible human remains. While attempting to contact their superiors, an instance of SCP-3667-1A violently emerged from the sinkhole and immolated the survivors. Foundation assets were scrambled from nearby Site 574 after intercepting dozens of police calls describing a winged humanoid creature. Fires and collapsed buildings across the town of Murney delayed the response time of Foundation personnel considerably. Ground troops provided ineffective in subduing or terminating the instance, and 17 MTF members were killed by immolation or falling debris before the Foundation helicopter was able to eliminate the threat. In the immediate aftermath, the town of Murney was aerial anesthetized by Foundation operatives, and the extensive fire damage was attributed to a gas leak at the nearby Murney Polytechnic Institute. Surviving workers and executives at the El Rosa Mining Company were anesthetized separately and were led to believe that the Murney Mine had ceased production in 2004 and was now off-limits to the public. The existing surface-to-air missile system perimeter was established in anticipation of further SCP-3667-1A excursions, and SCP-3667 was classified as a Keter-class anomaly. To date, three further instances of SCP-3667-1A and one instance of SCP-3667-1F have exited the sinkhole. All have been swiftly terminated. SCP-3667-1A Humanoids with large wings measuring approximately 3 meters in height. Entities covered in short, coarse fur and continually exudes a flammable oil-like substance, which it is able to anomalously ignite and use in an offensive capacity. Captive entities display rudimentary cognitive ability, forming complex social structures and able to recognize reoccurring patterns and abstract shapes. SCP-3667-1F Toad-like entity approximately one meter in height. Possesses no respiratory or digestive systems, and instead has a large spike-filled cavity, which instances have been observed using to transport SCP-3667-2 between variations of SCP-3667-3. Research is ongoing regarding how SCP-3667-1F performs metabolic functions without any apparent source of nutrients. SCP-3667-1M emaciated humanoid approximately 1.5 meters in height, with red-brown skin and oversized head. Entity displays human-level intelligence and speaks modern Russian, offering subjects wealth and power in exchange for cherished personal objects. However, the entity possesses no anomalous abilities and, as soon as a bargain is struck, will attempt to renegotiate for something readily available. SCP-3667-1X 48 humanoids approximately 5 meters in height covered in furs and wearing the oversized skulls of a variety of tundra animals, primarily moose, deer, and elk. Entities speak Old Church Slavonic, but numerous grammatical errors and anachronisms indicate familiarity with modern Russian. They refer to themselves collectively as magistrates. Exploration 
on 23-2012. Following the establishment of the Murney Mine Perimeter and subsequent SCP-3667-1 excursions, exploration of SCP-3667 was deemed a priority by the Regional Administrator. MTF Chai-5 was mobilized for initial exploration on 22-3-2012. The first entry into SCP-3667 occurred on 23-3-2012. All dialogue has been translated from Russian. Initial exploration is conducted by the four-man MTF Chai-5 Team 1, selected by random draw. All are armed with ordnance, including small explosives and fragmentation grenades. Video and audio feeds are monitored by a temporary command station set up within the perimeter of the mine to minimize interference. Mission parameters are to conduct preliminary observation of SCP-3667's interior and assess its threat level. This is Anna. Check. Check. Boris. Check. Vasily. Check. Check. I mean, I mean Gregory, uh, this equipment is... Uh, command, do we have permission to enter the anomaly? You're all reading fine. Whenever you're ready. Safety's off, boys and girls. We already know there's shit down there. As Team 1 enters the sinkhole, all audio and radio contact cuts off for approximately three seconds. When it's re-established, the team is standing on the floor of a large cave, dimly lit by a diffuse, unidentified source. Sounds of running water can be heard. That felt not right. Team 1, we lost contact with you there for a few seconds. Can you do a Hume check? Standard procedure. Two minutes of radio silence. There are fainter sounds under the noise of the rushing water, but these are not readily identifiable and appear to be unnoticed by Team 1. Humes, okay. Vitals look good too. Carry on. Probably just the way the portal worked. Stable, stationary, unaided, delayed. I, I, I don't remember the rest. Gregory's camera turns to include the dimensional anomaly on this side, which appears to be an uneven hole in the air with a clear view of the Murney mine interior. The thing that flew through Murney was probably drawn to the light. I don't want to get out of here, too. Word of caution, these rocks are loose up ahead. Noted. Uh, these aren't rocks, they're- Probably skull fragments from the thing's last victims. Nothing we haven't seen before. Command, be advised that judging by sounds, we're getting close to moving water. We might have to attempt a crossing. Understood. <laughs> Nasty. Command, please be advised that it's- Smells rank in here. I mean, I'm gonna think it's coming from up ahead. The team approaches the source of the running water heard earlier a wide stream, yellow gray in appearance. The faint noises mentioned before appear to be tied to the river and resolve into a number of voices whispering in Russian. However, the voices are too layered and indistinct to make out individual phrases. Again, Team One does not remark on this, appearing preoccupied with the river's smell. Smells like rotten eggs. And blood. And vanilla? Vanilla? That's right. Anna removes a small stone from the riverbank and tosses it in. No adverse effects on the stone are observed. River seems okay. Boris, you take point. I'll cover from behind. Grab a sample of that water, if you will. Jars should be in your supply packs. Roger that. Gregory, that's you. <sighs> Damn it. If you smell any other ice cream flavors while you're down there, just let us know. Personal. This feels personal. Team One, you're operating on a very short clock here. The boys up the hill want you out of there by 1500 hours at the latest. Understood, Command. Boris, Vasily, you're with me. 
Gregory will wait for you on the far side. Team members Anna, Boris, and Vasily easily traverse the river, which transpires to be only ankle deep. After collecting a sample of fluid, Gregory joins the team. Unusual clumping patterns are observed in the water, which are briefly commented upon but ultimately dismissed as low priority. Some very uniform stones on this side of the river command. Can anyone else confirm? This might be the evidence of the remains of some kind of structure. Vasily. There's definitely part of a wall over here. Structure confirmed. All right. Can we get any idea of possible age, Team One? Does it look occupied? Uh, I'm guessing a hundred, few hundred years old. Some of these bricks are disintegrating. Looks abandoned. We could be dealing with some sort of sentient life down here, though, Command. Any primers on that? What do we do if we make contact? You are not cleared for that kind of interaction. If anything sentient is still alive in there, we'll send your team another day. For now, your mission's being cut short. I want you to scout out the extent of the structure, and then we're bringing you out. There's what looks like a hallway leading in. Let's make this quick, boys and girls. Team 1 proceeds down the hallway. Visibility quickly diminishes, and team members activate helmet lights. Command, we've entered some kind of large circular room. There aren't any windows, but it looks a lot like one of those church domes that lets light through. There's just rock at the top where a hole should be, though. Uh, some kind of artwork on the floor here. The chamber's floor is covered in elaborate, although badly damaged, mosaic, appearing to depict a variety of anomalous creatures, including some resembling SCP-3667-1A, reclining over a system of red and yellow rivers. Smaller humanoid figures are also present, but it's unclear what they represent. Weird. Boys up the hill can handle that. Anna? There's four hallways leading deeper into the structure here. A command. <laughs> this thing might be bigger than I realized. Do you want us to keep pushing forward, or...? Do what you can, Anna. Your call. Okay, let's do what we can. Team one, we're going to split up. Boris, you're taking tunnel number one. Vasily, you're next. Gregory's on tunnel number three, and I'll take the last one. Anything goes wrong, you sound the alarm, and we all retreat back to the portal. Anna, you don't have to- I'm going to get this thing searched for you, Command. Now, now I want you to watch all of us in there, like hawks. Tell us the second that shit hits the fan. Copy that. Good, thank you. Team members separate and proceed down their designated hallways. All hallways are identically narrow and crudely built. Command, think I'm approaching an exit? I feel a breeze. Indistinct noises can be heard in the background of Gregory's feed. Uh, Command? Gregory's headlight switches off. Shit! Gregory, come in! Gregory! Command? What's going on? I'm still here. I'm turning off my headlight. I think there's something here. Gregory, get back to your hallway and retreat to the portal. Anna, you too. I'm pulling you all out. I see you, Gregory. Stay where you are. Boris's headlight illuminates a large, spacious cavern, with three other entrances spaced evenly around the walls. Gregory is observed crouching behind an outcropping of rock several meters from the nearest entrance, and Vasily and Anna's headlights are visible in the other two entrances, providing that all four hallways converge again at this point, although the reasons for this are unclear. Please, just turn off your lights. It knows we're here. Yes. Sinners. 
foolish creatures. You should have stayed in your cages. Gregory, get out of there. A large eyeless feline entity, approximately 10 meters in height, approaches from the far end of the cave. I fell down a hill. Uh, I can't get up. You do not have the mark of Agniana. How did you find your way to this place, little mortals? You should not be here. Anna, take Vasily and Boris and get out of there. I don't want to lose all of you. No, the no. advances toward Gregory, who is seen fumbling with his pack. You do not have the mark. When you die, you will not come back. That is good. God damn it! Boris, do something! Gregory locates a fragmentation grenade from his pack and throws it at the entity. Shiny bottles will not buy your life. Entity picks up grenade and teeth and swallows. That will be your head next, you foolish! Boris! Boris, what's going on? Video feeds show Vasily and Anna have retreated into the hallway, while Boris and Gregory's cameras are either facing the ground or shaking enough to be unobservable. We're alright. I'm with Gregory now. We're gonna need a backup team to pick us up. I think he's twisted an ankle from the fall. Where? What's the status on the feline entity? Is there any present danger? Yeah, the cat thing's here too, but it's missing uh, most of its head. You guys might want to take a look at it anyways. Oh. Looks like we kind of uh, communicated with sentient entities after all. Sorry about that command. Just, just hang tight, Boris. You bet. MTF Chai 5 Team 2 dispatches backup and all members of Team 1 recover without further complications. Feline entity classified as SCP-3667-1B, and portions removed from cadaver for further experimentation. Although a full autopsy was not possible due to the entity's state upon recovery. End log. Update 19-4-2012 Fluid sample from river recovered by MTF Chai 5 Team 1 features anomalous molecular structure and bonding sites. Will actively bond to organic molecules to create a cubic lattice, which accounts for unusual ripple patterns encountered during exploration. Research ongoing. Following the success of initial SCP-3667 exploration and the continued reliability of the missile systems, a permanent base camp was established within the perimeter of the Murney Mine to house MTF Chi-5 personnel and to further monitor the spatial fluctuations given rise to the anomaly. Exploration resumed on 30-10-2012, conducted by MTF Chi-5 Teams 1 and 2 and monitored from base camp. Mission parameters are to locate the source of SCP-3667 spatial perturbations and further map its interior, avoiding areas previously reconnoitered by Team 1. As before, all team members are armed with ordnance and small explosives. Team 2 reporting in. Roll call, everybody. We're here. Yes, good. Good morning, everybody. I am sure you've all watched the video transcripts from your colleagues in Team 1 by now, so you know what to expect inside there. A whole lot of kitten kibble. <laughs> I hope you've brought your sleeping bags because you're going to be inside there for quite a while longer. 
Folks up the hill wants you to find the source of the portal in the first place. I don't know what they want to do with it, but don't shut it down or anything. Team 1 reported coming across a stone structure in their investigations, so if you find anything similar, that might be a good place to start. Any updates on the monster situation? You are authorized to terminate anything you might come across in there. Administration doesn't think you'll be in any immediate danger from what we've seen of the creatures inside there. They're physically intimidating, but they tend to be... squishy. <laughs> How's Gregory holding up? Couldn't be better. From what I've heard, he should be moving back to camp by the end of the week. You should hear the shit Anna's been giving poor Gregory. Once his ankle's healed, she'll probably break it again, just to teach him a lesson. <laughs> I will be sure to tell him you wish him well. Teams 1 and 2 successfully enter portal and perform humans test. All readings normal. Five o'clock's where Team 1 explored. It looks like the cave might widen out at 11 o'clock, so I'd recommend heading that way. Sounds good to me. Something in here doesn't smell right. Anybody else getting that? It's like... Apparently it comes from the rivers in this place. It does smell a little like vanilla. The exploration team is interrupted by a noise resembling a human scream emanating from deeper within the cave. One minute of radio silence, during which the noises do not repeat. Fucking hell. What was that? Probably a monster. Boris, Vasily, I want you on point. Elena, get you and Anna to cover. You're going after it? You heard what Command said, right? We shouldn't be in any immediate danger. Command, what's your take on this? So far, we haven't seen anything non-physical or mimetic in there, but that's not to say they don't exist. This calls for you and Constantine to make, but stay sharp and go slow. It's also possible that it's a civilian who got dragged in here. Damn it. All right. Anna, you're in the back. Constantine will follow you. If you don't already have safeties off, do it now. Hey, Command. Just notifying you the ceiling's dropping pretty considerably in this direction. This might be a dead end. That noise is coming from somewhere. I don't care what it is that's making it, but we're going to find it. Vasily's light reveals a large, shallow body of the same yellow fluid discovered by Team One, directly in front of the exploration team. Uh, looks shallow enough. Command, this stuff is safe. Our boys are still running tests on it. It's sticky, but it won't harm you. We should be able to afford it. If the cave cuts off, I'll let you know and we'll turn around. After approximately four minutes, the cavern increases in height and the body of fluid ends. Team members exit the fluid and wait for further instructions. Multiple diffused noises can be heard in this cavern, most notably a repetitive scratching sound. Spread out. Weapons up. Command, this cavern is considerably larger than the last few we've been through. We've... I'm, I'm looking at the ceiling now and I lose sight of it after about two meters. I'm impressed you managed to find this place. But remember, this isn't in the original mission parameters. The last thing we need is you getting lost in there. Does anybody see an opposite wall? I, I don't like not knowing how far this place goes. Nothing over here. Anna, what about you? No wall, but there's a pile of something on the floor where I am. Looks like wood chips? Sorry, Anna. I got fucking shit. 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 Yelena, come in. What, what just happened? I, I think it was a rat. I'm pretty sure I missed it. Are you all right? It was up inside this thing, looking like it was... It was adjusting parts before it ran. 
And Constantine, can you take a look at this? I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. Teams 1 and 2 converge on Yelena to reveal a large, intricate, circular wooden structure with one side apparently winched open. Rows of wooden spikes are visible inside, covered in a dark substance presumed to be blood. Holy hell. I can't say I'm a fan of this situation. Command, I'm advising a strategic retreat. Whatever it is that's in here, we don't need to deal with it. There's more of them. They're everywhere. The machines or the rats? Both. They're all over the fucking place. Elena's camera displays over 20 wooden structures of varying shapes and sizes, covered in large rats. All are staring at the exploration team. Go on, shoo! The rats start and scurry away. Several forms are observed within the wooden structures. Command, are you seeing this? There... there are bodies in some of these. Probably a civilian from town. Poor sap. Oh my god. What is it? This one's still alive. And log. Hey guys, Pacific here with a quick ad break. And a reminder, if you'd like access to ad-free, early, and bonus episodes, you can get all of that and much, much more for just $5 a month at patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. And now, a quick word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening. And now, back to the show. SCP-36672 is the collective designation for a group of 12,084 humanoid anomalies discovered in SCP-3667 on 30-10-2012 and relocated to Site-574. Although the vast majority were discovered inside SCP-3673 instances, approximately 150 of all instances recovered were found either being transported within SCP-3667-1F instances, attempting to flee from SCP-3667, or being consumed by SCP-3667-1A or 1B instances. All SCP-3672 instances display anomalous limited regeneration capabilities, activated by the same molecule retrieved by MTF Chai-5 Team 1 during Exploration 3667A, which is present in their bloodstream. Attempts at introducing the molecule into the bloodstreams of non-anomalous humans have not resulted in the same regeneration capabilities. Further research is ongoing, but it is currently assumed that the anomalous regeneration is directly tied to the SCP-3667-2 instances, with the anomalous molecule acting as merely a catalyst. Despite this, it is still possible to terminate SCP-3667-2 instances through repeated use of force exceeding the rate of their regeneration abilities, approximately 4 millimeters of tissue a day, slower for organs, or bone marrow. Of the 12,084 SCP-3667-2 instances, 10,756 are perfect physical and genetic matches for former residents of Myrny within the last 50 years. The remaining 1,328 instances do not correspond with any known person, living or deceased. 
Although all SCP-3667-2 instances claim to have lived their whole lives within SCP-3667, sampling from the suitable cadavers within the Murney region have confirmed the match. Analysis of town records and the SCP-3667-2 population indicates that, in order for a deceased resident to result in a genetically identical SCP-3667-2 instance to form within SCP-3667, several criteria must be met. Residents' progenitors must have lived within Murney town limits for at least two generations, Resident must have been suspected by contemporary residents of committing a crime. However, resident must not have been convicted, such as arson, theft, lechery, avarice, or paganism. And with some exceptions, resident must have been affiliated with or maintained close ties to the Light of Five Heavens Russian Orthodox Church and its founder, Sergei Guzlikov. Incursion. On 23-8-2014. After 41 separate explorations of SCP-3667 mapping much of its interior, as well as capturing and containing instances of all known SCP-3667-1 species, a large, approximately 50 meters in height, porcine, previously unrecorded species of SCP-3667-1, exited the sinkhole and proceeded to assault the MTF Chi-5 base camp, leading to three casualties and 20 severe injuries. Due to the instance's possession of the same anomalous regeneration capabilities previously observed in SCP-3667-2 instances, as well as what superficially appeared to be an exoskeleton, on-site personnel were unsuccessful at termination attempts, and instead called a strategic retreat to Site-574 to wait for reinforcement. Upon returning to the Murney Mine, Foundation personnel discovered that SCP-3667-1 instance, classified as SCP-3667-1V, had destroyed much of the missile system perimeter and returned to the area directly in front of the sinkhole, where it remained unresponsive to further Foundation actions, including preparation of a coordinated round of air-to-ground drone strikes, which eventually succeeded in terminating it. In response, Site-574 Director Dr. S. and the Saka Republic Regional Administrator issued a joint request to the O5 Council, arguing that given the continued danger to Foundation personnel and Murney residents posed by large, Hostile SCP-3667-1 instances, as well as the number of SCP-3667-1 instances already kept in containment, MTF Chi-5 and additional Foundation reinforcements should proactively terminate all hostile SCP-3667-1 instances within SCP-3667 and attempt to secure the cooperation of sentient instances where possible. After eight separate Ethics Committee hearings, O5 approval was granted on February 7, 2015. MTF Chai 5 Teams 1 and 2 and MTF Zeta 9 Mole Rats began invasion preparations on February 22, 2015 and entered the anomaly on April 7, 2015. Incursion Team mobilizes at Site 574 at 0500 hours. MTF Chai 5 member Boris was assigned to provide translation between MTF Chai 5 and MTF Zeta 9 unless otherwise specified. Boris's translations are omitted from the log for the sake of brevity. All MTF personnel have been armed with ordnance and small explosives, in addition to anti-demonic kinetics and incendiary devices. Hey, Boris. Is Command one of ours or yours? I'm not sure what you mean. Command is local. Huh. I'd prefer someone I don't need a translator to understand, but whatever. Boris, tell Command we're here. Mole rats reporting in. We're all here. Quite a party today, isn't it? Better hope it's a quiet trip today, then. Chai-5, all on site. Command, are we cleared to go? You are cleared from up here. Proceed when you're ready. 
All right, Zeta-9, before we enter the anomaly, I just want to warn you that there's a bit of a disorientation when you cross over. You feel dizzy. Dizzy, a little nauseous, everything's dark, and you lose contact with command for approximately 3.05 seconds? Yeah, we've been there, done that. It's bog standard for dimensional skips like this. Besides, we've already read all your exploration logs. We know this place inside and out. SSUDS2. Stable, stationary, unaided, delayed, safe, two-way. I knew that. In any case, here's the plan once we get inside. Juliet will run analytics on the interior schematics of this place and determine that most of the larger stone structures tend to congregate around the river systems. That is where we'll find the big critters. Each team here will take a major river, I trust you know where they are by now, and clear it out, end to end. If you need backup, radio one of the teams with the van. Command will be looking out for you as well, assuming you speak their language. Questions? I wasn't aware we had discussed this. The other moles and I came up with it on the plane ride over. Given these entities' behavior, it's the best strategy if you want to keep this clean and quick. With all due respect, I don't think you know this place like we do. Chai Five, we're all Murney boys and girls. We grew up around the mine, and we were here when things started coming out of it. We've been down there, what, 40-odd times at this point. We can handle ourselves. <laughs> With all due respect, I don't think you can. I've watched the tapes. I I'm glad to see your ankles doing better, Gregory. Be careful on the hills, won't you? You know, the it, was it was more like a cliff. 20 seconds of radio silence. Look, I'm sorry. I know this is your home turf, but you've got to trust us on this one. This is what we got called in for. Command. Go on ahead, Anna. Let's get this over with. Incursion team enters SCP-3667 without any further incident. As per Oscar's instructions, each team is assigned to a major river system and begins to sweep for hostile entities. The rats observed near SCP-3667-3 instances are more present, being sighted by several teams. However, none approach personnel. These rats are 36671? We're pretty sure they're just normal rats. There's not as much weird shit in here as you think. Where's all the creatures, then? They're sapient, aren't they? We'll find the non-sapient ones wherever they happen to be. If it's the sapient ones we're after, though, they might be coordinated. Ah! There's one. Aggressive gibbering and the noise of anti-demonic kinetics being fired can be heard. Ugh. Squishy little fuckers, aren't they? Ever seen one like that before? Weird little guy drinking out of the stream. Looked like a skinny little kid with a big drooping head. Is that one sapient? Do you know? Sounds like a 36671M sapient, but just barely. I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. That's one monster down out of, what, hundreds? There have been times where we couldn't walk around this place without sneezing all over a colony of three, six, six, seven, one, whatever, the fuckers. Where did they all go? Chai Five, how many of these rivers have you explored end to end? The big ones. Uh, most of them. I'd say 80%. There's a map of this place in here somewhere, isn't there? Ah, here. Constantine. It's Constantine, right? Yes. Why are we stopping? If I showed you the rivers here, 
on a map. Would you be able to point out the unexplored ones? These three. Yeah, I think that's all. Right. What's everyone's position? This is Juliet. I've reached the end of the river. It all drains into a sinkhole. I threw in a couple torches, but the bottom's pretty shallow. Honestly, Oscar, I don't think there's anything here. Echo here. When I got your message, I scouted out ahead. There's a river goes into a crack in the wall the size of a mouse. Too small for us, or anything else here, to squeeze through. Haven't seen a single creature on our whole jaunt so far. How about you, Gregory? I, uh, I found a cave. Constantine, the river flows through a passageway here that leads into a chamber. It might be bigger than the one you're in now. There's a lot of artificial activity present here. Bricks in the walls, bones, garbage. We found a couple of 3667-3 instances, but no people in them so far. Gregory keeps saying he can hear noises up ahead. Yeah, it's a, it's a really big cave. You think that's it? Definitely. I'll tell everyone to rendezvous at... Well, here. You do. Yeah, that's not necessary. Look, we're sitting in a cave in hell in Russia. And I don't want to have to ask again. Fine. I am not staying in here any longer than I have to. It's 8 9, Chai 5. We're rendezvousing at Team 1's location. I want everyone there in five minutes, tops. On our way. Understood. What do you think we'll find in there? I don't know. Nothing good. Chai 5 and Zeta 9 rendezvous with Oscar and Constantine without further incident. The river looks different here. It's bubbling. Anyone seen any creepy crawlies so far? I think it's just Constantine and Oscar who have. Command, are you getting this? I don't know if this river is made of the same stuff we sampled before. River appears milkier white than previously. and gives off a small amount of heat. Bubbles previously observed by Anna appear to be small hand-like structures that spontaneously form and re-collapse as they flow downstream. That doesn't look safe. Boris, hand me a pole from the truck. I'm going to test it. Boris retrieves a telescoping pole from the AFE supplies and inserts the end into the middle of the river. When lifted, the submerged section of pole is missing entirely. All right, I want everyone as far away from the river as possible. Well, there's a slithering sound, and a large leech-like creature drops from the ceiling of the cave and engulfs the upper torso of Oscar. Shoot it! Shoot it! Before any members of the incursion team can reach it, the SCP-3667-1H instance flops into the river, where it and Oscar are carried away by the stream. The instance appears impervious to the river's acidic contents, but Oscar's extremities are observed sloughing off and dissolving into liquid where his skeleton is exposed to the river. There are several seconds of resistance before it, too, melts into a thick white paste. And November chases after it, showing signs of distress. You fucking bastard! Son of a bitch! November, wait! Boris, Juliet, grab the trucks. We're following them. Are you sure? I don't think... No one else is going to die, especially not that moron. The remainder of MTF Chi-5 and MTF Zeta-9 follow November, who continues to vocalize distress. The surrounding environment begins to brighten by degrees, but the incursion team does not take notice of this until November loses his footing on an outcropping of rock and stops. Holy hell. That's... that's where all these fucking bastards have been... fucking hiding. Approximately one kilometer ahead of the incursion team's location, a large complex of stone structures several stories tall is visible, lit by enormous metal braziers that are responsible for the increased illumination. The complex straddles the river, 
and as the operatives watch, a complicated wooden mechanism above the river appears to release several SCP-3667-2 instances, which quickly dissolve. I thought we got all the people out of here. Look, over the river. An elaborate system of what appears to be wooden walkways crisscross the river, on which are perceived several SCP-3667-1A and 3667-1B instances. Millipede-like creatures approximately 30 meters long, classified as SCP-3667-1W, periodically climb from the river to the walkways, or vice versa. All sub-instances occasionally reach into the river and extract a quantity of liquid, which slowly solidifies into SCP-3667-2 instance. This is then consumed. Other SCP-3667-1 instances are observed excreting fully formed SCP-3667-2 instance back into the river, where they are dissolved again. Okay. Gregory Wretches. Although the incursion team continues to observe the entity and the prey, Oscar does not reappear. Alright, that's it. We're gonna finish this. We're gonna finish it now. We... we can't. There's too many of them. They're eating out of the river, right? All eating like the happy fuckers they are. Well, we're gonna let them keep eating as much as they goddamn please. Are you sure about this, Constantine? This isn't the mission parameters. Mission parameters got someone killed. I want everyone's anti-demonics on the ground here, and we'll need the extra drums from the truck. All anti-demonics and refill fluid drums are assembled. Constantine rolls one of the drums to the edge of the river and begins to pour it in. No one's gonna die. Except for those fuckers. And log. After action reports estimate that the introduction of the anti-demonic solution into the SCP-3667 river system led to the termination of over 80% of the anomaly's native inhabitants, with the exception of the SCP-3667-2 instances. MTF Chai-5 team Captain Constantine subjected to the internal review for unorthodox action taken in the field while it was subsequently commended for fulfilling original mission requirements without a severe loss of life. SCP-3667 tentatively reclassified as Euclid. SCP-3667-1X. On 4-10-2015, three days after incursion, 24 separate instances of a previously unrecorded SCP-3667-1 subspecies, SCP-3667-1X, exited the sinkhole. MTF crews manning the missile system perimeter did not immediately open fire due to the presence of a large white cloth tied to a branch being waved repeatedly by one of the entities. After discussion with regional administrator, a small contingent of MTF operatives accompanied local translator Boris to the sinkhole in order to attempt communication. All dialogue has been transcribed from Russian and Old Church Slavonic. Can you understand me? <sighs> I doubt this will work. You can shoot them if they make any sudden moves. I just want to see if they'll respond. Are you the one we bow to? What, what, what did it say? It's an old dialect, but I think I can understand it. Are you our ruler, or are you the messenger only? Speak. I'm, I'm a representative of the Foundation, the, the people who have been exploring the caves you live in. I'd like to ask you some questions about where you come from. A herald. But one who does not shake in fear. We will speak with you. Where would you wish that we set our treaty? On wood? On stone? In the trees? Or in music on the air? What kind of treaty are you talking about? We wish to make an offering. We wish to be a 
would offer to the one you herald for, Foundation. And what exactly are you offering? From the caverns of the Domovoi, to the lands of laughter and sorrow, and all the sweet rivers that flow between, these we offer you. And all the creatures that live in those lands, those who have been marked by Ognena and their shepherds, you will have dominion over. And we will provide our counsel and advice to Foundation, who would be master of this realm to keep it safe and prosperous. We swear this on the bones of Sirnubo, and will set it in writing wherever you wish. This is our offering. The one you herald for. Your Foundation came here to conquer. They slew many of our warriors with weapons we do not understand. And now we come to offer them our land and our lives. This is as it is. This is good. I need to talk to my supervisors. On January 6, 2015, the Foundation reached an agreement with surviving members of SCP-3667-1, represented by SCP-3667-1-X, ceding control of SCP-3667 to the Foundation in exchange for limited autonomy within the anomaly and freedom from arbitrary termination. Upon the recommendation of SCP-3667-1-X instances, and confirmed by modern understanding of Limnus class anomalies, several extra scientific steps have been taken by Foundation personnel at Site-667 to ensure the continued stability of the anomaly in which they reside. Most pertinently, the ruler of SCP-3667 must have an honorific that accurately represents both the anomaly and the belief system of the individuals who created it. After careful consideration, Dr. S. has been given the honorific of Director of Hell. SCP-3667-1-X instances have also been authorized to perform a variety of other rituals in order to ensure the continued stability of SCP-3667. Addendum. After almost five years of research, we have discovered no anomalous ability possessed by SCP-3667-2 instances other than their anomalous regeneration capabilities. Given the enormous material costs required to maintain them, effective immediately, the Foundation is disbanding this department and relocating all SCP-3667-2 instances to classified locations, where they will be allowed to reintegrate into society. I would like to extend my gratitude to all the others who have worked in this department, both human and other, and to say that I have greatly appreciated the last five years spent working together. Dr. S, Eater of Fire, SCP-3667-2 Research Department Head, Site-667. Email from Dr. S to Brian Browning and Matias Hernandez. Subject, D-Class Supply. Dear Brian Matias, I know we discussed dwindling D-Class supplies last month, and that at the time, I unfortunately had none to spare. I'm happy to announce that something has come up that changes that. I'll be sending each of you a shipment of new D-Class come next week. It isn't as many as you had hoped for, but rest assured, these ones will withstand most anything you throw at them. <laughs> Don't worry, still safe for cross-testing. I do hope you're able to put them to good use, and I'm eager to hear about any updates you may have at your sites. Best regards, Dr. S. This week's episode featured special guests Chris Damaris and Blaine Gibson from Rooster Teeth. Be sure to check out their podcast, Good Morning From Hell, wherever you find podcasts. And tune into my episode, Edgar Allan Poe, in which I play Edgar Allan Poe, and it gets weird.
SCP-3667 was written by Quantum Physician. Our narrator and host is John Grills. Anna was Tanya Miliovic. Boris was Blaine Gibson. Vasily was Addison Peacock. Gregory was Chris Damaris. Command was Fletcher Armstrong. Yelena was Nicole Goodnight. Constantine was Russell Moore. Echo was Danielle Hewitt. Juliet was Maddie Moore. November was Brandon Wynn. Oscar was Alvin Bowling II. Dr. S was Eric Kemp. Entity Alpha was Chris Hemphill. Entity Beta was Karim Cronfi. Entity Charlie was Graham Rowett. Our script curator is Jesse Hall. Music is done by the incredibly talented Tom Rory Parsons. And I'm your sound designer and showrunner, Pacific S. Obadiah. Our producers are Tom Owen and Brad Miska. For more information, visit scparchives.com. This is the end of our show. For now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, Nightmare on Film Street, and more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.